0: We had stories about the 20 people that died in the upstate New York limousine crash. We had the story about the 5.9 magnitude earthquake that hit northern part of Haiti. And we had a super story of magnitude that's well beyond the pale. Three stories combined dealing with Hurricane Matthew. One's a bit of a cheat. Those three stories, even though they were very impactful for the week, didn't crack into the top 10. The Michael one barely missed it into the top 10. So, What stories are worthy of the tops this week, as said by you through our social media accounts? We'll talk about those in just a minute here on The Wrap-Up Show with me, Jay Coopin-Payne, from This is a Conversation. This is for the week ending October thirteenth, two 2018. And welcome to the show. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne. Not much has changed about me. I'm a week older than last week. But this is still the same deal that you've been listening to for about two years now. But we're just giving it a new nubbing, uh, something new to call it by. It is now officially called The Wrap-Up Show with Jay Cleveland Payne. And it's brought to you by ThisIsAConversation.com. Got it? Good. Hopefully, we won't have too many major changes come around. We're just doing a little uh, tweaking here and there. We'll call it fall clean, if you will. After a bunch of feedback and doing this long enough, we've learned that uh, some things work, some things don't. And now we are, to be honest, trying to work the SEO action out of getting these things gone. To be honest, it's hard to get the smart speakers to respond to the show name, so we're trying some things to do better. Hopefully, the wrap-up show is a much easier thing to get, and then the whole long thing we had before. In the meantime. The show is still the same. The process is still the same, and you are probably pretty close to the same. What do we do with this thing here? We go through a week's worth of news every day, seven days a week: Monday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We post links to various stories from various sources. Things that may be big, things that may not be so big, things that may be getting lost in the shuffle with the major news stories of the week. Here in the states, we opened up with Kavanaugh, and we're closing out the week with uh, Hurricane Michael. And it's so a couple things got squeezed in between, including some Kanye stuff. And we'll get to Kanye in a bit. But these stories are not compiled by me, per se. I put them on the social media throughout the week, and you tell me which ones are up. They're not compiled by the news story headlines. They don't give us the top 10 stories to talk about. You literally give us the top 10. You respond to the stories as they come through social media. You like them, love them, hate them, share them, respond to them on Facebook. You like them, share them on Twitter. And the more engagement they get, the more points they get, they get put into a spreadsheet every week, and we get a top 10 list. We follow that in the second segment with the almost irrelevant story of the week. That's a story that within the frame of window that we picked, Gets the smallest amount of engagement. This one, as we suspect, something we posted just this morning before we went to cutoff. But it's a pretty interesting story. You might enjoy that. One nineteen for this week. And we'll round out the top 15, the stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10. We'll tell you about why we think that happened. And we have housekeeping in that segment as well, where we talk about the things that we did to manipulate a little extra, including two super stories, only one of which made into the top 10. Uh, the other one didn't even make into the top ten when we combined three big stories. And we added an extra story. That's a little bit of a quirk, but it's just so interesting in that mark that it had to be put in there. It goes to tell about the devastation of Michael. There's your tease on that one. In the meantime, we got ten more stories to talk about. Ten to one or one to ten, basically how you want to look at it. We're going to give them to you from the bottom to the top and tell you which stories that you said were the most important ones as they came through the feeds for this week ending October the 13th, 2018. The headline in the number 10 spot this week goes to Mattress Firm, and it is Mattress Firm Files for Chapter 11 Bankruptcy Protection. We pulled this off of USA Today on Friday, October the 5th. It is a pretty big response, and we'll tell you how things gauge up from here. But this is one got a lot of snarky comments inside of Twitter and Facebook. Let's get to a couple lines from the USA Today story first. Mattress Firm, which has been grappling with declining sales after acquisitions spree gone bad and a scandal at its parent company, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection Friday. The nation's largest mattress retailer has been ailing amid a surge of bed-in-a-box online retails, too many physical stores, and an accounting mess at a conglomerate owner, Steinhoff International. Houston-based Mattress Firm plans to close as many as 700 stores, of its, 700 of its 3,230 Company owned stores. Those stores are located, quote, in certain markets where we have too many locations in close proximity to each other. Unquote. CEO Steve Stanger said in a statement. Now, 200 stores basically closed within about a week of time. And of course, the other 500 going down the line. And there were a lot of comments from a lot of you uh, with the pretty much the obvious. The fact that now they're closing 700 stores, that means there's still a gajillion stores everywhere else. Mattress Firm has, you know, gotten itself into a problem, which is pretty obvious, with the rise of all the mail-to-you mattress firms because there's a half dozen of those that do things for us, including one that sponsors this show right here, uh, Quick Love to Bear Mattress. Check out the website in Bear Mattress for a great deal there. And just the fact that why do we need all these mattress stores? We literally had in my neighborhood – Three stores shut down that were shoe stores or furniture stores or whatnot that within a mile radius of each other became mattress stores, one an actual mattress firm. If I don't think this one is closing because it's not close to the other ones, but it actually opened up across the street from another mattress store and about a block away from yet another mattress store. And yet there's three new stores in the area. We don't need that many mattresses. Trust me, we don't need that many mattresses. Headline number nine goes to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and it goes like this, Dwayne The Rock Johnson to play black folk hero John Henry in Netflix film. This one gets a bumper response from the 10 story of 2.72%. Let's get you uh, some lines from the story and tell you about some controversy that bubbled up after the fact, of the announcement. We got this from the Shadow and Act website. Uh, It's a um, website that talks about film and television and insider stuff for those types of things. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is set to star and produce John Henry and the Statesman alongside Jumanji director Jake Kadan for Netflix. It was sought after by many studios before landing at Netflix as Johnson's first project there. The project will see Johnson portray John Henry, a famed figure from the world of African-American folklore and mythology who was a steel driver as Henry Johnson will lead an ensemble cast of characters featuring some of the most prominent figures in America and international folklore. Johnson will produce the picture alongside Jake Kazan, Seven Bucks Productions, Danny Garcia, and Hiram Garcia. Now, this goes on because it's basically a press release to kind of talk about the praises of of Seven Bucks Productions and Dwayne Johnson on the folks behind, along this. Here's the kind of thing that got a little wiggy on this. Uh, because people can be people and black Twitter can be black Twitter, there was a bit of a backlash of John Henry, the steel-driving man, being played by The Rock, who has the physique and has all the talents, and of course his father, famed um, wrestler, um, soul man Rocky Johnson. So he's got the lineage. However, comma, the lineage that he seems to cling on to the most is his Polynesian lineage, because he is his parents and his grandfather was a famous uh, wrestler as well, High Chief Peter Maivia, who was known and a big time. In the Hawaiian Islands and in the Polynesian culture. In fact, many, many years ago, maybe not as many as before, the the famous Brahma bull tattoo he had on his arm got upstaged by the very huge Polynesian tattoo that is now covering the bulk of his chest. Which many people wondered, how can he do all those movies and have that big tattoo? Apparently, that hasn't been such of an issue for him. He's the highest paid actor last year. But some people are worried that Dwayne Johnson portraying a black man though he is a black man, isn't exactly the way to go because, you know, he's not really known for playing black men, just for playing, you know, men who happen to be black. Your thoughts on that can be seen in the comments. And you can tell me here as you comment on this week's episode as well. Headline for number eight reminds us that this whole space travel thing is actually dangerous, even though people are trying to rush to put civilians into space It's not the easiest thing to do. Headline, NASA astronaut, Russian cosmonaut make emergency landing after Soyuz rocket failure. Posted on Thursday, October 11th, this is a bump of response of 1.32% from the 9 story. A few lines from where we got this, that happens to be CNET.com when we posted that story, uh, and more into that in just a second. But here's a few lines from that actual report. A NASA astronaut and Russian cosmonaut made an emergency landing after their rocket failed in midair Thursday morning. The Soyuz MS-10 mission launched from the Baikonur Com- Com- Cosmodome. Excuse me on that one, in Kazakhstan at 1:40 a.m. Pacific time, to 40 p.m. local time. But an anomaly with the booster forced NASA Nick Haig and Roscosmos Alesky Ovechkin to return to Earth in a escape capsule. NASA said in a statement, the capsule landed east of the city of Zhezkazgan. The pair were supposed to take a four orbit, six hour journey to the International Space Station, but they were due to join the European Space Agency's Alexander Gerst, NASA's Serena Anu Chancellor, and Roscosmos' Sergei Prokopyev for six months to conduct experiments in biology biotechnology, physical science, and earth science. The incident won't have a major impact on the work of the current ISS astronauts who were due to remain there until mid-December, International Space Station Operations Integration Manager Kenny Todd said in a NASA TV briefing. So this is proof that going into space is kind of dangerous. It's very risky, and these guys were in the second stage. The first rocket had fired off and broken away, and the second stage was ready to uh, push it into space, essentially. There was an issue with the booster. They decided Decided to pull the plug, they rip cord, and they had a. They're basically sitting in, in the escape pod. The cabin is the escape pod. They pulled the chute, things popped out. They were able to come back to Earth safely, which is the most important thing. It's kind of sad we lost a rocket, or they lost a rocket, someone lost a rocket. It's kind of sad that there's less science stuff going on, but we didn't lose any lives in this event. And I'm sure the two will have a chance to go back there. In fact, the Russian, or sorry, the American NASA astronaut, he's been in the program just a short period of time. This is his first actual trip to space, so probably a bit disappointing for him, but I'm sure his family is fairly happy that he is coming home or came home that day as opposed to not. For those of us of a certain age who are afraid our nostalgia is getting wiped away, Never fear, a redo or a sequel to a long-standing movie is going to be done the original way. And let's get to that one. That is in this week's number seven spot for our headline. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Netflix prequel series will be pure puppetry. We got this on Sunday, October the 7th. A bumper response just slight, just .65% from the eight story. A few lines from Slash Film where we pulled it uh, for this one and I'll go on to Geek in a second. Jim Henson's 1982 fantasy film, The Dark Crystal, has gone down in history as a masterclass in puppetry magic, and it's important to the creative team behind the new Netflix prequel series that they get that aspect right. At New York Comic Con, director Louis Litter and a creative director producer Lisa Henson. Jim Henson's daughter promised the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance will preserve the practical techniques of the 80s classic and reveal a few more details about the highly anticipated 10-episode series. Uh, Leterior and Henson are eager to pay homage to the original film by keeping the then-groundbreaking effects exactly the same, and the show NYCC panel latest revealed that, quote, we're not using CGI on this site, unquote, Fried reported. It's puppets, man. Puppets. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance uses handmade puppetry operated by puppeteers, much like Henson's 1982 original. The biggest difference will be the use of green screens, which will allow the team to edit out the body of the puppeteer from the frame. So there you go. No major changes to the way we're doing the Dark Crystal. Remember, the Dark Crystal was out in 1982. By the way, to age myself, I was in the second grade when the Dark Crystal came out. So this is a long time coming. And while people of a certain age, essentially my guys, the, the middle, the older Gen, Gen X guys, who are looking to all these older, we say older, cartoons from the previous eras and, and things coming back, are geeking out about it. It's weird, some of the reception that's coming from the kids. People are eating up the fact that there's more DuckTales and the now the fourth or fifth iteration in four or five years for Ninja Turtles, but some of them aren't quite making the mark. The Dark Crystal was a very uh, ambitious film for the time, and it was a very uh, heartfelt film for people of the age who remember a lot of that was going on. I was youngish, so I remember the basic story, but it wasn't something that I was really following. We'll see if that nostalgia will really make a big difference come now in 2018. Moving on to the next story in the sixth spot this week. Melania Trump says she's, quote, the most bullied person in the world, unquote. Thursday, October 11th, the day that this was posted, it got a 20.13% bump in response from the seven story we just read about. We pulled this one from the Daily Beast. Of course, this was a story that kind of got... Pushed around a couple places. Daily Beast was just where we found the link for this one, so there's a bigger link somewhere else. I think it was originally posted from ABC News. We're going to read the quick blurb that Daily Beast gave in their quick recap. Melania Trump leaves; she's the most bullied person in the world. In an interview with ABC News, the First Lady also said that there are people who work for her husband that she personally doesn't trust. ABC News interviewed Melania during her trip to Africa, where she traveled to promote her Be Best campaign which intends to raise awareness about online bullying. She said the campaign was inspired by her own experience of being bullied, adding, I could say that I'm the most bullied person in the world. Pressed on assertion, she went on to say that she was at least, quote, one of them, if you really see what people are saying about me, unquote. The first lady went on to state that there are people on her husband's team who who he can't trust and told ABC, quote, you always need to watch your back. That sounds like... um, Mafia Don territory there Uh, of course one would say that Melania Trump one of the most fortunate women in the world uh, and fortunate people in general uh, should really back off the bully thing and they're a little you know based on how you feel you may think her campaign she has to have something to do as first lady uh, about bullying and online bullying is just sort of something just to keep her busy because you have to fill a slot it is what it is it does what it does and we are living through whatever we got to get through this one it's not baby shark, but it's pretty cute on its own. Here's a headline for number five. Baby rhino skips and jumps like his lamb buddy. Friday, October 5th for this one. Bumpy response from the Milani Trump story of 33.51%. So a lot of people are digging this one here. Let me read you a little bit. It came off boing boing. If you didn't see this one on your YouTubes, then uh, you need to go look it up or look for this story here. Uh, it says, look. This baby rhino learned how to jump and skip from its lamb buddy. I needed this today. I think this video would be a great way to illustrate why multiculturalism is so awesome when we're exposed to thoughts, foods, cultures, other than our own, our horizons are broadened. Our lives are enriched. It gives us new joyful ways to frolic. Now, this obviously didn't do it justice, but go to boingboing.net and search for baby rhino skips and you can see the YouTube video of the baby rhino who's in the preserve and learned how to skip hanging out with his lamb buddies, the baby rhino skipping with the baby lambs, and all is well in the world for the moment. Let's move on to number four story. This one gets a bit more heavier, so as well as let the weight of it get a bit more heavier. Headline for this one, Nobel Peace Prize for anti-rape activists Nadia Murad and Dennis McCoy. This was posted on the 5th of October. And so we give congratulations to them. The BBC is where we link the article to the jump in response from that article from four to five. In this case, it's only five point two six percent. Here's a few lines from the BBC article. 2018 Nobel Peace Prize has gone to campaigners against rape in warfare. Nadia Murad and Dennis Mukwege. Uh, Mr. Miss Murad is an Iraqi Yadi who was tortured and raped by Islamic State militants and later became the face of the campaign to free the Yadzi people. Dr. Mwaki is a Congolese gynecologist who, along with his colleagues, has treated tens of thousands of victims. Some 330 individuals and organizations were nominated for the prestigious Peace Award this year. The winners announced in the Norwegian capital of Oslo on Friday won the award for their, quote, efforts to end the use of sexual violence as a weapon of war, unquote. Barrett Rees Anderson, the Nobel Prize committee chair, said. Congratulations to those two. No wise cracks, no smarting commentary. Congratulations for those two who are doing good work. We're going to just move on ahead to something a bit more silly. And more silly it really is. This is um, a super story uh, that, um, well, it's a super story. We'll get into it as we read into it. The two headlines that we have for this are Hymn 2 becomes a world-trending hashtag and parody, um, It also turned into a parody of itself as the Hymn 2 himmer uh, outed himself and sort of backlash to backlash. This was a couple of days last week, the first day starting on Monday, rolling into Tuesday, where somewhere down the line, some mother thought that it'd be a great idea to prop up her son, who is um, who she's very proud of and very prestigious, uh, to... Fix this. Oh, by the way, jump in response of 17.31% from the number four story. And here comes some of the lines that came through from the whole Twitterverse, mostly on this one to make this a big deal. A mother decides to post a image on Twitter with a hashtag him too. It's a man in his Navy uniform doing a kind of a goofy Navy uniform pose. And it talks about how he's afraid to go on solo dates because he's afraid Of the quote Me Too movement, and you know what might happen or what might not happen or might be said if he's on a date by himself. She posts this to Twitter, and then it becomes a Twitter parody hashtag backlash where people are posting various pictures of various other famous people and various images. And lines from movies where they were, you know, things were happening. Macaulay Culkin got in there a few times, uh, that one was real big image of various other types of folks, of just general things that the bad characters did or the good characters did to bad characters, and with the him 2 hashtag. Of course, the man who was the center of the him 2 hashtag actually got back into the fray and, Sort of rebuked his mother and kind of got it on the joke, uh, saying, "Thanks, mom, for thinking me, but I believe the rights of women, and I'm down with the women too." Uh, he posted an updated picture with the same pose, him not being in the navy anymore, uh, saying that he, you know, respects all women and thinks the him to movement thing was a bit of a weird flux, and so he bowed out of it gracefully and even made a little fun of himself in the process for that one. As one would expect, the Me Too, Him to movement story, Super Story as it was, it sort of added to the effect, it became the highest-ranking Twitter story together in this case. We'll talk about that in the housekeeping segment. Let's keep it moving, though. Moving on to the number two story this week, and these stories were huge. And like we said, the stories that didn't make in the top ten were really big, important, tragic tragic stories. Uh, the number one story is a tragedy in itself, not quite as large scale in in its major impact or initial impact. But we do have uh, this story in the two spot, which is a much lighter, much sillier, but maybe more maybe more important than we think. The headline, the full headline from the story is, Millennials kill again. The latest victim, American cheese. It is the number two story this week. It gets a bump response from the three story. Get this 126.2 percent, that much higher than the him two thing. And that was a combination of the Twitter and the Facebook this week. Let me read you a couple lines from the story from Bloomberg, a actual serious story on the death of American cheese. American cheese will never die. It has too many preservatives. But it's melting away. One by one, America's food outlets are abandoning the centuries-old American staple. In many cases, they're replacing it with fancier cheeses. Wendy's is offering Asiago. a and Canada locations switched to real cheddar. McDonald's is selling the Big Mac's soft orange square of American cheese with a version that doesn't contain artificial preservatives. Cracker Barrel ditched its old-fashioned grilled cheese. So did Panera Bread, replacing American with four-cheese combo of Fontana, cheddar, Montenu, and smoked Gouda. The results, higher sales. American cheese is an ingredient we're looking to less and less in our pantry, said Sarah Burnett, the chair director of the wellness and food policy. The story goes on and on about the crossroads of the processed cheese product that is American sliced cheese, uh, that the big thing happening is the millennials, or at least the generation uh, as it's turning, that people are wanting more things with more quality and less processes. That means less of the familiar sliced cheese that I'm used to, you could say, and more real cheeses, real expensive cheeses that people are willing to pay real money for in their sandwiches. It's a big deal in Bloomberg because it's a big deal about business. We posted this on Thursday, October the 11th, and a lot of you, like a lot of them, thought the old processed cheese product was old and done. So you guys agree with that one. You also agreed that this next story, the number one story, was a really big one, really important one that needed to be told to a lot of folks. So we got a lot of love, a lot of shares, and a lot of comments on just the tragedy that is keeping up with things. Essentially, it's always comes it always comes down to a problem with paperwork, and paperwork is what's doing this here. The headline: VA owes veterans housing allowances under the GI Bill, forcing some into debt. We posted this story on the. Sunday the 7th and we got a bumper response from the number 2 story of just 15.22% showing how high these stories went up from the number 10 story which is, of course the matches from chapter 11 440% and the 119 story the almost irrelevant story we'll talk about that coming up in the next segment but the bumper response from people on that one 13,000 150 percent that many more people responded to this one. It was the largest one on Facebook, as you can guess, uh, very big on Twitter as well. Um, Let's read a few lines from that story. If Jane Wiley and her husband, Ryan Wiley, both discharged from the Marines, don't receive the housing allowance they get through the GI Bill by November 1st, she expects that they will run out of money for food and rent. They will also have to stop attending school if they can't afford child care for the two kids. The Wiley family is not alone. Because of a software issue, the Department of Veterans Affairs is struggling to pay student veterans the housing allowance and other benefits provided to them via the GI Bill. The federal agency has paid some veterans too much, too little, or it's nothing at all. It's up to two months late on payments in some cases, forcing potentially thousands of former service members to spiral financially. The Wileys depended on these checks and included them in their monthly budget. Without them, They instead have a handful of maxed out credit cards and no expectations on when they might be paid. NBC News spoke to 10 veterans who had to borrow money from family, take out loans, or open new credit cards and watch their bank accounts tread slowly towards zero because the payments were delayed. This is a serious problem, and this is something that I can't wrap my head around, and many people can't as well, including our president of the United States, who keeps saying that we're going to fix this thing, but then throws things in the way and gets distracted by border walls and things like that. The VA, the Veterans Association, is supposed to take care of veterans based on a literally a contract they signed. GI Bill was a bill signed into law by the Congress way back when and, and updated for the centuries, and I say centuries, for the times, uh, to go with the times and take care of people as they transition from the military, where a lot of things are taken care of for the sake of the nation, and taking care of the people on their own. I'm a veteran myself, and I have issues aplenty with VA dealings with things. I have paperwork that's been in flux since I've been out of the Air Force for a decade and a half. I still have issues with some paperwork going through. So I have no love for the process going through here. I know that the people that work in the VA have very good intentions and very good hearts, but a software glitch is keeping people from getting their money to take care of themselves and putting them in financial ruin and maybe even worse. This is an unacceptable thing, period. Why this is not the biggest story of the week, I totally understand. Because, one, it was a story from last week. It came out on the 7th. It was basically a tale end of last week's news as people prepared for a lot of things going on, the Kavanaugh uh, hearings and, of course, the hurricane that we're talking about mostly today. But this is an issue that's ongoing thing since uh, probably since George Washington's troops got off the got off the Potomac after a battle there. Hopefully, we'll see some actual changes and some things upgraded at the VA, and so that we don't hear about these things. Problems occur, but at the weight of the people that are wanting this thing, and the scope that it's affecting, this should not be the problem that it is. And this is what it is as far as. Ten stories for the week. Top ten stories. As said per you, you made this happen this way, and you made it happen pretty simply. You followed the social media folks on, or us folks, you folks, whatever. You followed the conversation on social media, TH underscore conversation on Twitter, and this is the conversation on Facebook, and it looked like a lot of you had us in your feed because a lot of us were in your feed, and we saw a lot of big comments from a lot of folks, some newer people and some of the usual suspects as well. And you just follow us on social media when a story comes down all day long. If you see something that looks interesting that you like, click on it, read it, and then like the link, love the link, share the link, hate the link, do whatever you need to link, reply to me in the link if you want to, reply to the world if you want to. And the more engagement that those links get, the higher to go in the top ten. Coming up in mere moments, we will talk about the stories that were really big and really impactful that weren't even big enough to get into what was in top 10. You guys show that the Chiron didn't really make a difference in what things were really being chatted about all week long. Plus, we'll get to the almost irrelevant story of the week. And, of course, we'll have some shout outs coming up in just a few minutes here from The Wrap-Up Show with Jake Levin Payne from ThisIsTheConversation.com. I have always loved Cloud9 for their services, but I thoroughly enjoy the fact that they sponsor This Is A Conversation's products because now I don't even have to do any work to talk about the sponsorships. I let all the great reviews that come through for the sponsorship. Five-star review. Great site for unique gifts. I have given a gift of DJ lessons years ago, and since then, I have been using Cloud9 Living. Five-star review review again there was an anniversary gift to a couple who has everything an evening out at the murder mystery dinner theater they were very excited to receive this gift and they had not been to an event like this five-star review efficient knowledgeable and engageable great customer service team there you have it i don't have to talk about it they are talking about it these are reviews coming from TrustPilot. overall a four-star rating and they are getting that rating for a great reason they offer the best The best, the best in popular experiences, including driving, flying, adventure, tours, and just a straight up super special date night. Going to a mystery movie theater for a date night sounds like a pretty good date to me. And if you want to get in on the action, check out our website. This is com slash cloud nine. That's the number nine, of course. This is com slash cloud nine for gift certificates. And the reason why you buy a gift certificate is you don't know where you're going to use that gift and you don't know who you're going to give it to. You may want to give it as a gift to someone else. You may want to hold it on the back burner till you have a great time to make a great excursion. And there have places somewhere near you somewhere so far from you that you have needed reason to go, now you have your reason because Cloud9 Living has you all set up for the great excursion once you get there. Check out our website, This thisisaconversation.com slash Cloud9 for a great deal on gift certificates from Cloud9 Living. Ah, fantastic testimonies Thanks guys Absolutely genuine and real (laughs) And if you want to give a genuine testimony as well Go ahead and search for IMDB Journey You can find us on all your favourite podcast sites Including iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify So come along and join our journey This week it was back on for Facebook, ruling the roost. So let's start with Facebook for our shout outs. Kate Barnett, usual suspect. Daniel Williams, usual suspect. Derek Jones, usual suspect. Also popping in this week. Molly Slim, usual suspect. Charles Johnson, Diane Misa Varde, also popped in this week as well. Antoinette Ross, a couple of newer looking names for those as well. As far as the Twitter line, we had some contributions from Trippin' Fool, love me some Trippin' Fool, Courtney Johnson. NRI Women Podcast. Congratulations on you guys doing the great things you're doing. Uh, A Link from Daily News and Operation Eagle Freedom. Those are a couple of folks in for us this week. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. You made the top 10 happen. You will make the top 15 happen in a bit. And you didn't do very much to make this upcoming one for the almost irrelevant story. But we'll get to that in just a moment. Let's talk about some of the housekeeping, if you will. Well, pre-housekeeping for the number 11 story, and we'll give you more details on that in in a minute. It kind of get mixed into this explanation. But the number 11 story, barely missing the top 10, is Hurricane Michael as a super story. Three stories linked into this as one. Two of them as Michael hit cat four, one as it made landfall at cat four, but only two miles shy of being cat five. And a third one, Which goes to tell you just how bad they thought it was going to be. They being the Waffle House people. The Waffle House index that we talk about often when hurricanes come up. Waffle House has a team of meteorologists and a command center whenever a big event happens like this. Because Waffle House's thing is they're always open. They literally are always open. If it's a snowstorm, they're open. If it's a a mass heat wave, they're open. If there's severe weather coming like a hurricane, they are normally open. They don't shut down. It's what they do. But if something gets major, they shut down. The story we had in this thing was about one Waffle House that shut down. Actually, it was 30 Waffle Houses that were basically in the wake of the storm. And this is when they was still looking at Cat 2. Remember, people went to bed as a Cat 2. It turned to the Cat 3 late, late in the evening, and people woke up. It just hit Cat 4 as it was hours from landfall. And so that happened there. So the big super story that was those three stories – somehow did not make it into enough juice to push it into the top 10. It was very, very, very close, uh, but not quite there. That's housekeeping on that one. Other housekeeping, uh, a bit of a uh, of, a, of a mea culpa here. I actually lost the second headline for the Me Too, the Him Too movement one, so I had to kind of go through my memory, so I didn't have time to pick it back up, but I had basically in my notes had the second headline to read from, Somewhere in the crunching and moving things around, it got lost. But you got the gist of the story there. The him to two stories, one about the, the nice, I'm sure a nice mother who wanted to prove a point, and then her son having to kind of dis mom a little bit uh, was big. The, that was already pretty big anyway. It was already a top five regardless, but putting two together made it the number three story for this week. Other than name change, nothing else of real milk, mere real, mere consequence, uh, pretty much happened. And you'll see a couple more things coming down the lines that we're testing with. We're probably going to do a female big voice for the numbers coming down the line. We'll probably do some stuff like that to add some production value to this production. But we're trying to do some more things to get more Google juice. From what's going on. We love all you guys who are listening to the podcast and keeping up with all of the stories or as many as you can throughout the week. But we're trying to build this into a bigger enterprise and it's gotta get a bit more eyeballs and in the internets, if you will. So you can always help us out by sharing the podcast and of course sharing the actual links to the things going on so that people get in on the conversations there. Okay. So let's get on with the uh, 11 through 15. No, first, the almost irrelevant story of the week, which is number 119 this week. And it was posted uh, a few hours before we actually went to start recording, which is normal. This was, I think, the last story or one of the next last stories that got posted and just didn't get quite enough love in a couple hours to to move ahead. So it would have been a different story in the same vein if it weren't for this one. But this one is a pretty uh, pretty cool story. So let's... um, Get to it right now. And the headline for this, which we got from Sky News Mom reveals bruised and battered body after shielding her baby from huge hailstorms. A few lines from that. A young mum, and it is, it is spelled M U M, so we know this is from, this gives you the, the hint that it's from down under. A young mum has posted photos of the injuries she received as she tried to protect her infant daughter from tennis ball size hailstones. Fiona Simpson from Kingsgroy, Queensland was in her car with her baby and grandmother about 130 miles northwest of Brisbane when she drove into the storm. The massive hailstone smashed through the car's windows. Fearing for her child's safety, Miss Simpson put her body on the line. Recovering in hospital later, she posted photos on Facebook of her battered and bruised back and shoulders and described what happened. I learned my lesson today. Never drive into a hailstorm, she wrote. I covered my infant with my body to stop her from getting badly injured. My entire back, arms, and head are badly bruised. I'm just so relieved that my daughter and grandmother are all right. Please, please be careful in this storm season. I know I'll be sore tomorrow, but anyone know of a cream or ointment that will help with all the bruising? And if you check out the link, you see it. Um, Just search for the title of Mom Hellstorm." It is a grisly scene. There's a picture of her back which is essentially purple and totally purple and totally bruised uh, from the this, this size and damage of the hailstones that came down. Number 11 this week, as we said, it's the super story that had Hurricane Michael wrapped up together. So we won't really go into that very much, but it barely missed the top 10 list being such a major story, at least here in the States. Uh, not so much here where I am located in Arkansas. It was nowhere near what happened to where it's going. But the massive storm, which people were warning about days before that this thing could be bad. Uh, like we said, people went to bed at, at a 2. Soon after it became a 3. Early morning became a 4. Hit landfall. And if you've seen the pictures, they are devastating. The have told now, as I'm speaking, is about 11 uh, which five of which came in overnight from the storm pushing through in Virginia, not even in Florida, not even in Georgia as the storm pushes through. It hit land and, and stick stuck with winds that were hurricane forced for a while as about 12, 13, 14 hours afterwards it will still cat one winds going through the, the areas. So we'll see how this thing goes. Um, there's already a story we posted this morning about some of the damages and the losses from not being insured, that being around $8 billion or so. We'll see if that story lasts throughout the week, and we we'll talk about that next week. Another big disaster happening this week for the number 12 story, we go to uh, Haiti, which has more than enough issues on its own just in general. They were hit with a 5.9 magnitude quake on its northern shores uh middle of the week, October the 6th, when we posted this one on there. A quick line from that story. The U.S. Geological Survey said the quake hit 8, 11 p.m. and was centered 12 miles northeast of Port de pay on Haiti's north coast. It was 7.3 miles below the surface. So uh, that's something that, because we're dealing with a lot right now, got pushed aside fairly early, but we are still putting out our hearts and prayers thoughts out to those people, people dealing with hurricane Matthew right now. Uh, all just people, just with all the strife in general, we have going on moving on to another story. That's just, it's just kind of a freak, really a freak freak, uh, story right now. And I'm going to butcher the name of the college. I looked it up earlier and don't have the notes, but it's a Duquesne, a football player, Marquise Brown dies after jumping from 16 foot window. Um, this story was posted on, f- on the 5th, on Friday. So it was a late story. We have an update uh, from Monday in the story I've heard from USA Today. Here's what we're going to read a few lines from that. A college football player died after jumping from a 16th story window Thursday night. Marquise Brown, running back at football championship subdivision school, Duquesne, died at Pittsburgh Hospital after plunging from the window on an on-campus building around 10.30 p.m., according to a letter to the campus community from University President Ken Gormley. The Pittsburgh Police Department, which confirmed the details of Brown's death but did not identify him by name, is investigating the incident according to the news release. Brown jumped from a window at Brothier Hall after campus police arrived on the floor to respond to a reported disturbance, according to Gormley's letter. Counselors have been made available to Duquesne students from and staff, he wrote, and the memorial service on campus will be intently planned for Sunday evening. So this, of course, has, of course, passed. Let's move along to another story. This is one that's a really big one for you folks who are into NBA basketball and longtime NBA basketball because this is a story about the passing of a longtime NBA basketball coach, uh, his name, Tex Winter. Bulls confirmed that former assistant coach Tex Winter is dead at 96. From the story, this headlines is we pulled from the Chicago Sun-Times website. Former Bulls assistant coach Maurice Frederick Tex Winter, who was considered the architect of the famed triangle offense, died Wednesday, the organization confirmed. Winter, 96, was enshrined in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 2011. He won nine NBA championships as an assistant with the Bulls and Lakers. Dex Winter was a basketball legend and perhaps the finest fundamental teacher in the history of our game. Bulls vice president and basketball operations, John Paxson, said he was an innovator who had high standards for how basketball should be played and approached every day. Those of us who were lucky enough to play for him will always respect his devotion to the game of basketball. His contribution to the Bulls organization will always be remembered. So as you know, he's a longtime old school basketball coach that, if you remember, Uh, Phil Jackson may be the, um, the master of the triangle, but Tex Winter essentially built it for Phil Jackson to use in Chicago and then in Los Angeles and then not so well in New York with the Knicks. Moving on to the final story to wrap up the top 15, and that is another really big story that took a lot of life as it was something else to talk about, even though it was a gruesome something else to talk about, but a serious issue on its own. The headline for this story reads like this. Horrific limo crash kills 20 in upstate New York. USA Today is where we pulled this particular story. Uh, This turned into very serious national news and the thought process of limousines and those types of vehicles not being regulated. This is not the fact of, you know, an Uber thing where just a normal guy is driving a car, but these limousines, the way they're built, the way they are designed, the way they're sometimes just kind of mashed together, and the way that people operate them themselves. Here's a couple lines from this story as well from the curbside of route 30 at the base of a long steeping hill a path of mock mud rocks and scattered glass tells a story of a tragic limo crash where 20 people lost their lives on saturday its path leads through the grass beside the apple barrel country store and cafe through the tall brush that now lies flat and plummeting into a shallow ditch where a large tree trunk is split in half dark clouds hovered over the scenes in the afternoon quiet save for the gentle stream running through the ditch. A swarm of news teams and television cameras were rolling, all pointing towards a tight corner where so many lives were lost. Since the crash, friends of the victims, neighbors who heard the sirens, and members of the community have stopped by to pay their respect. Few have left bouquets of flowers wrapped in colored cellophane at the edge of the ditch. Others make the sign of the cross and say a prayer. This goes deeper and deeper into kind of the imagery of the story, but... There's a very serious underlying thing here. The limo driver's son uh, has been arrested for negligence, uh, essentially not keeping up with the vehicles. This vehicle itself has been um, cited as not passing many inspections over the way. So who's responsible? We've already figured that. And we learned from various reports that this was the second vehicle that was actually sent or planned to be sent to this party. Uh, The first vehicle, the first limo had broken down the limousine limousine business if you will is not very well regulated essentially you get a car and it passes inspection and you get a driver's license that says you can drive a uh, multiple vehicle things like a bus you're in it and you can take care of things now we're told that the driver also didn't have the right the, the rights sort of license so that's a, another thing on top of that and we hear pictures uh, or we hear stories of pictures that were sent in from some of the people who were in the limo, just snapping pictures, sending friends about how sketchy the thing looked. Uh, This is going to be something that will probably shake the grounds of your your own limo uh, services nearby, wherever you are, and something that you may think twice about come prom season or wedding season. Prom seasons, especially when a bunch of kids are paying a lot of money to take their big limo rides to the prom, and we're seeing that these things really are not very safe at all. But it's safe to say that we have, we're have we done. It's all over. We are over, but we're not done, or something like that. As we said, we started with a brand new name. We're now calling this The Wrap-Up Show. We think it's kind of cool. We think it's kind of keen. And it's with me, Jay Cleveland Payne, brought to you by ThisIsTheConversation.com. But everything else so far stays the same. TH underscore conversation is how you find us on Twitter. This is The Conversation where you search for us on Facebook. Like, love, share, hate respond to these stories as they come through your feed and they find their way into the talking here. Maybe they're in the top 10. Maybe they barely make it. Maybe they don't make very much at all. So we talk about it as the almost irrelevant story. We'll do that as well. We're so glad to have you along with the ride. Make sure you are sharing this podcast with people as well. Friends, neighbors, absolute strangers, we don't care. Just put them in the line so they get in the conversation and get them on what's going on. Grab their phones and just subscribe to, to them for them. You'll Trust me, they will thank you for that. Contact me directly via the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Check out other things I have going on at my main website, jclevenpain.net, and subscribe to the podcast. That's it, subscribe. Be here next week as we go over next week's big stories or not so big stories, but you tell us what stories we're going over because it's all about a simple formula. We'd like to see what people are really talking about, and you tell us what it is. We make it happen right here inside this podcast. The weekly wrap up show, or just the wrap up show is what we're calling it now, from thisisaconversation.com.